Welcome to Insights for Believers audio podcast. We believe the message you are about to receive from the Word of God today will ignite your faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ and His love for you. I titled that particular episode, A Sound from Heaven. And we read that scripture in the book of Acts where the Bible speaks about a sound coming from heaven. And we talked about the dimensions of Thanksgiving, three three things about Thanksgiving uh, and the spirit of the season. Uh, what I want to do this week is just to expound on that and uh, unpack that a little bit more. Uh, because uh, it looks like that episode kind of felt a little bit rushed because I was trying to keep it within a particular time frame. But this week, I'm going to take my time to read uh, that scripture and, and you know just break it down one step at a time and talk about the concept of uh, the language of faith, as it were, you know that that the fact that faith is is a language that has a language, and it's the language that our Father speaks, uh, that is God, and so we also learn we also have to learn to speak that language, uh, if if we want to we want to operate with God at, at at that particular frequency there. So I'm going to read John chapter six, as we start out here in John chapter six, and I will read from verse four to verse thirteen. I'll read the entire thing, and then uh, we'll begin to look into it, you know, step by step this week. All right, so it says here from verse 4, it says, And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. Uh, let me read this in the New King James Version, because I kind of prefer the way that that just reads. Okay, um, I'm just changing from King James here. So it says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this is said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Now, God wants us to live by by faith and not by sight. Uh, Because the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we find that in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Now, it also says in four different places in the Bible that the just shall live by faith. Just to prove that this is the way that God would have us live our lives is by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says the just shall live by faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 says the just shall live by faith. And if you take a look at Hebrews 10 verse 38, it also says the just shall live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? It means that you're not living by sight. You're not living by your sensory perceptions, as it were. 
uh, and those, those are your, your eyes, your ears, nose, touch, you know, all of those senses. Uh, that is not what dictates the way that you live your life. In other words, you do not allow the environment and the things that are around you, the things that are happening, you know, the, the news that you're hearing, what's going on, to determine the way you respond to things. Uh, that your, your response is coming from what the Word of God says and what you believe on the inside of you. And that is what is coming out of your mouth. And we, we spoke about, you know, that sound that is coming from, from inside you. Give the example from, from that uh, uh, tsunami piano and, and what happened with, with that and how the fact that, you know, God, God wants to see what kind of sound, how authentic the sound that comes out of us in this season is going to be. Faith is the language that God speaks. It's important for us to establish that, that God doesn't speak any other language. The, the reason why God gave us faith in the first place was for us to have a, a point of contact with him, a channel through which we can communicate to him. That's what faith really is. Uh, because we, we know from scripture that grace makes, uh, but faith takes. So faith is the way that we access what the provision that grace has made. Uh, faith is the way that we access that. So without faith, that's why it says we cannot please God. Because we, God is pleased when we are able to access the things that Jesus has already done for us. And without faith, it's impossible to do, to do that. So we have to, we have to understand how to walk, live by faith, and walk by faith there, and to understand that we cannot afford to rely on our sensory perceptions, on the things that we see and the things that we feel, uh, because God doesn't speak doubt. You know, he doesn't speak fear. He doesn't speak unbelief. That's not His language. He doesn't speak those languages. And uh, if you know anything about language, I mean, you you can be watching a, a Spanish channel. And you don't speak Spanish, right? Uh, and no matter how much you, there's a temptation for you to want to, you know, increase the volume. You know, maybe it will help you to understand it, but that's not going to change it. Uh, the, the fact is you don't understand that language. So you, you, you cannot communicate with someone who doesn't understand your language. Uh, so it's important for us to understand the language of God. And we said that when we speak God's language, God is pleased. It's just like a father. Who, who has a child, the minute that child begins to communicate in, in ways that is beyond just crying, where the son or the, or the daughter now can make, make out words and communicate that way, the parents are excited, the parents are happy, they are pleased because the child is coming out of babyhood, is now beginning to communicate to the parents in their language. So when the child wants to eat, it's no longer about just crying, but it, it can, he or she can actually you know, make out words. And that really, really pleases the parents. It's the same thing with God. God is pleased when we are able to speak his language. Okay, so in order to understand God clearly and to know him better, we need to learn to speak his language. And his language is faith. His language is faith. So if we go back to the book of John there, uh, chapter 6, and just begin to unpack that, uh, we see that in that scenario there, Jesus was actually faced with a potential scandalous situation. Uh, it was faced with something that looked impossible. It was faced with a situation that looked like it was going to be beyond him, right? But he did not panic. Jesus didn't panic. He didn't throw a, a you know a fit, or he did. He didn't. He didn't start to overreact. You know, he, the Bible says he knew 
what he was going to do. Even though this was a potential scandal, Jesus knew what he was going to do. And, and this is because he was speaking the right language. He was speaking the right language. Uh, even, even though we see the disciples in, in verse 8 and verse 9 saying, what is this among so many? In other words, you know, the income that has come to me this year is the lowest that it has been. You know, and you begin to say those things, but you are releasing things. You are releasing a voice. There's a sound that that produces in the realm of the spirit. And that's not the sound that you want. You want God to hear faith from your mouth. Because I believe so strongly that this year is not over. This year is not over. I know many people are, are beginning to make plans now. And all the plans that they are making is all about 2021. But I believe that there are dreams that are still going to be birthed in this year. There are, there are destinies that will still be born in 2020. There are breakthroughs that you are yet to experience that are still going to happen in 2020. Whether you know it or not, the point, the, 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 the only challenge is, are you going to believe it? Are you going to believe it enough to embrace it? Because there are still things that God wants to do in the lives of people this year that we eyes have not seen. That's what the scripture says. So it's about the sound that is coming out of us. It's about the voice, the, 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 what we are giving voice to uh, and, and what, what is discipling us from where is the sound coming. Uh, it says there came a sound from heaven. And if you, it's instructive that in verse 10, Jesus actually said, make the people sit down. Make the people sit down. And he says the grass was green there. He says, make the people sit down. Jesus knew that the miracle of multiplication was going to take place at the point of distribution. So he wanted the people to be at a, at a point of rest because if there was chaos... They, they will not, you, you cannot walk the miraculous in the midst of chaos. There has to be rest. You have to come to a point of rest where you allow God, where you let go and let God, where you let your heart be at, at, at peace there. He says, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what this is all about. So you have to embrace that rest. You have to embrace it. No matter how the year has been, no matter what, you might feel like you're under pressure to meet certain goals, certain challenges, uh, certain certain targets, certain aspirations. And you may be saying, wow, this year is about to end and I've not even met half of my goals for the year. Notwithstanding, my, my challenge to you today is that you come to a point of rest, that you come to a point of stillness. The, the, uh, if you are still struggling with it, I mean, the people who, who, who rescue people from, from water, uh, uh, lifeguards, they will tell you that when you're trying to rescue somebody from water and the person is struggling with you, it's more difficult. When the person is trying to struggle with the water, they will tell you to, to let go. Once there's somebody there who is, who is helping you, you are, you are better off just re releasing yourself, letting go and coming to a point of rest. And, and it's easier that way for the person to actually help you. So if you want God to still be your help this year, you need to be able to let go. You need to be able to rest. You need to be able to come to that point of stillness. And then when you look at verse 11, he says, when he had given thanks, when Jesus had given thanks. So Jesus did not attempt the miraculous before thanksgiving. Uh, he, he did not put the cat before the horse. He, 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 did, he, he did the right thing. He knew that thanksgiving was the key to multiplication. So the Bible says when he had given thanks, whenever you are faced with an impossible situation, you have to give thanks. I know it may, it may sound counterintuitive, but that is the way this thing works. There, there's no miracle that has happened in my life. I mean, I can give you countless testimonies, uh, whether it be jobs. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now. There's something, there's a particular experience that is coming to mind uh, where I, I had a job that was slipping away from my hands. And literally, the, 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 the boss at the job was basically 
you know, firing me in a really nice way, right? Although he was recommending me somewhere else uh, because the company had fallen on hard times, right? But right there in the office, while the, the man was technically firing me or, or if we want to say transferring me somewhere else, right? And this was many years ago when I first came into Canada, right? So, and, and he was saying that, and right there in the office, under my breath, I, I remember, I just kept saying, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. And even at the point when it felt like tears were coming out of my eyes, because, I mean, I never experienced that. I was coming from a place where I had my own business, where I had employees, right? And here was somebody, you know, technically, you know, firing me on a job, right? Because at the, at the point, I needed to have that job, you know, just to, to, to make sure that things were in order financially and for my papers and all, right? And I, I, I was feeling so bad about it, but... I just kept saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. And I, I did that to the point where the fellow even heard it and was, he was asking me, what are you saying? And I'm saying, no, there's nothing. I'm just, I'm just praying. I'm just, you know. And he, he, he felt bad and he did everything. But at the end of the day, what came out of that was a job that was even, you know, far better than the one that I had at that time, right? And, and I've seen that pattern over and over again. It is very, very counterintuitive counter because at that point, what you want to do is not to thank God. What you want to do is to murmur and to complain. But when you murmur and complain, serpents come out to bite. That's what happened to the children of Israel. When you murmur and you complain, serpents come out and they begin to bite. That is how this thing works in the realm of the spirit. So thanksgiving is the, is the secret to multiplication, not murmuring and complaining. You can murmur and complain and nothing will come out of it. Even when it does not seem you know, sensible to do so, all right? That's, that's the way it works in the realm of the Spirit. There's another scenario where Jesus did this, and that was in John chapter 11 from verse 41 to 43. And this is where Jesus raised Lazarus up from the dead. The Bible says in verse 14 and 15, when he told Jesus that Lazarus was dead, he actually says, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. I am glad. <laughs> and then when he got to the tomb, the first thing he said was, I, he first gave thanks to God and said, God, I thank you because I know you always hear me. You always hear me. But because of these people who are here, that's why I'm saying this, right? But I know you always hear me. And he, and he gave thanks there because he knows that thanksgiving holds the key to the door of resurrection. Thanksgiving is the key to resurrection. Because the appropriate response, the appropriate response of faith is always thanksgiving. If somebody was to come to you now who had, you know, a lot of money, who had a lot of wealth uh, and, and made a promise to you, come, come to my office next week, I'm going to give you X amount of money. I, I know that you are not going to doubt that this person has the capacity to do it. You're not going to first say, okay, are you sure you are going to do this? Because you know that he has the capacity to do it. Your, your initial reaction is, is more likely to be a Thanksgiving reaction to say, oh, Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate this. You are saying that even though you have not seen what he has promised you yet, because thanksgiving is the appropriate response for faith. The moment faith comes into your heart, the appropriate response is to say, thank you, Lord. When grace says you are healed, the appropriate response is to say, thank you. I believe it. You know, when, when grace says you are well, when, when grace says you are rich and not poor, the appropriate response of faith is to say, thank you. I believe it. I believe it. So this season, I want you to make it. I want you to make it something that you are conscious about. That you are conscious about making Thanksgiving your language, the language that is coming out of your lips. 
no matter how difficult it is, that Thanksgiving has to be the thing that is the, the theme of your, of your life as this year is coming to an end so that you can finish strong in 2020. I, I have a very strong feeling about this, that 2020 is going to be a year that you will never forget for, for a good reason, not just for coronavirus. Uh, I mean, for us here, it's already a year that we cannot forget because a lot of things have come out of this year. A lot of, a lot of things have come out of this year already for us. So I believe the same thing for you, that if you can only treat the remaining, if, if, in fact, even all of the things that have happened in this year already, from, from March when it looked like things started going wrong in that sense, you can take all the things that have happened there and convert them into Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, you know, elements there, and, and just look back at everything, write out things, and give thanks for them, and, and and be grateful to God for those things. Verse eleven, it says, then Jesus distributed the loaves. He distributed the loaves. So the little that was available there, the the boy who had that didn't keep it to himself. He released it. You know, and, and Jesus didn't say, I mean, Jesus could have taken those, the loaves and fish and said, well, my disciples and I, we have been, we have, we have, you know, we have been on this thing for a while. We, have, we are the ones doing all the work. We'll eat this one and we'll send everybody away. He didn't do that. You know, so in this season, you cannot say because things are tough, you're going to draw back on your giving. Uh, that's where a lot of people are making a mistake in this season because people feel like uh, because I don't have enough, I can't give. Uh, that you don't have enough is not enough reason to stop giving. Because if you stop giving, you are shutting the door. If, you, if your hands are closed, you are shutting the door. As, as, as far as your hand is not open to release, it's also not open to receive. So you have to be conscious and deliberate about that and not hoard that which you have. Don't, don't get into this argument about you know, whether it's okay to pay tithes. You know? Don't get into this argument of whether it's okay to give or how, you know, all those, all those things that, that sound like, you know, the thing that the culture is, is preaching at people. This is what is holding a lot of people back. You need to come to that place where you are, you are and because you know that your, your giving is first of all a sign of your love, that the love that you have for God, uh, because he first loved us. So we reciprocate like that because God gave. That's why we give as well. So that's the first thing. So it's not a, 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 an, an issue of your need, as it were. We have to come to the place where we learn to give in, in spite of our need. And, and Paul says that about, about you know, certain churches in the Bible, that even though they had you know, need and necessity, they gave of their necessity. And that is what Christianity is all about. It's not just, you, there will never be a time where you have so much that you, know, like, that you can now say, okay, because I have all of this now, I can afford to give. No, that's not the way it works. The Bible says there is he that, that withholds and it, it leads to poverty. But the liberal soul shall be made fat. So it is the liberal soul that is made fat. The, the, it was not a fat soul that is liberal. No, it, it, it's a liberal soul that becomes fat. So it's not because you know, it, it's flourishing that it, 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 it now became liberal. And this is where people are getting this thing wrong. So finally here, let me just tie it up you know, with, with verse, verse 12 here, which is the, the verse that I find really, really interesting here, is that when you look at the fact that Jesus said they should gather up the fragments, I mean, there are so many explanations that I've heard about for this. That people say, okay, because Jesus doesn't want waste. So he says, no waste, you know, just gather everything up. And that's, that's, that's true. You can say that, you know. You can, you, some people have said, okay, he said they should gather up the fragments because, I mean, 
He wanted to give the boy who gave the thing and so that he can take it home. That's, that's also, you know, I mean, that sounds reasonable, right? Some people have said, oh, the 12 baskets represent the 12 tribes of Israel. I mean, there are so many things that people have said. But I, I believe it's, 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 it's simpler than that, honestly, because in that, in that same verse, especially if you are reading New King James Version, it says it clearly in verse 12. It says, so when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. So Jesus started that process with thanksgiving, and he was going to end it with thanksgiving because he's the author and finisher of our faith, right? And then he said, gather up the fragment so that nothing be lost. In other words, whenever you, you make a conscious effort to gather up the fragments of whatever it is that has happened to you, nothing will be lost. Nothing will be lost. So if on, 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 like on that job that I was talking about, as, I, as you know, it looked like the job was being taken away from me, I maintained my confession. I, was just, I kept thanking God. What I was doing was gathering up the fragments that remain. Gathering up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. In other words, maybe somebody you know, defrauded you. Maybe you're a victim of you know, this telephone fraud. Some people say you know, insurance, uh, your social insurance number has been compromised and you fell for that. Right, because a lot of people are falling for that in this season, you know, and you fail for that, and they all they say, oh, you qualify for government, you know, CERB, whatever it is, pandemic, you know, benefits, and they tell you to pay some money before you get it, and you fail for that. I mean, if it happened to you, that's that is not okay, but you 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 cannot approach that with a bitter disposition. You know, and, and start complaining and start saying, you know, but I pay my tithe, but I give in church. So why is this happening to me? That's not the correct response. The response of faith is always thanksgiving. That's why it says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Everything, do you want to know what it means in the Greek, what everything means? Everything means everything, <laughs> you know? In any language, it means everything. So you, we have to approach things with that mindset, that in whatever situation, you give thanks. And when you do that, it says nothing will be lost. Because when you do that, what you are doing is gathering up the fragments. So you are, you, are, you are going home and somebody robbed you, you know, of something. The fragment there would be whatever you've lost. Maybe you lost your phone or you lost your bag or whatever it is, right? The fragment there would, would be to look up and say, Father, I thank you that I wasn't hurting this, that, that somebody, that they didn't shoot me or that they didn't, they didn't hurt me or I still have my life and I'm, I'm well, I'm intact. I can still walk. I can still eat. That's the fragment you are gathering up. And when you do that, it says nothing will be lost. In other words, whatever looks as though it has been lost is now going to be multiplied to you in a way that you don't understand. And this is how the kingdom of God operates. And we have to understand this. This is the way it works. That it's not about complaining. It's not about murmuring. Once you start to complain, you are releasing the, the wrong sound. It's no longer a sound from heaven. It's the wrong sound. You are releasing the wrong sound. And once the wrong sound begins to come out of you, you are you, are, you, you start to produce, you know, serpents. Serpents start to come. I remember Mark Ankins giving an example of, you know, how, how he went on, on a hunting trip. And there's a particular sound that he was hunting, he was hunting with somebody, you know, uh, another minister. And they were, he was explaining to him how that they will hide, you know, in, in the bushes and they will make a particular sound. Because that sound was the sound that the wounded prey that that animal feeds on. That that sound is what they make. So they mimic that sound. And once they mimic that sound, the, the animal feels like this prey is wounded. So it comes out to want to, to, want to take that prey because the, it believes that prey cannot fight. And that's when they, they shoot it. So in other words, when, you, when certain sounds start coming out of you, certain sounds that are not consistent with the programming of heaven, 
it, it, the demons hear that. They hear that in the realm of the spirit. And, and things just begin to, begin to go wrong because you are releasing serpents. You are not, you are not releasing angelic activity. The Bible says that the, the angels are ministering spirits. They are, they are, they've, been, they've been assigned to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. You are, you are one of the heirs of salvation. That's, that's your right in Christ. But in order for that assignment of angels to work on your behalf, you need to be producing the right sound. You need to be saying the right thing. You cannot afford to join the bandwagon. I know it's, it's easier, it sounds convenient, it's, it's more reasonable to want to say what everybody else is saying. Oh, 2020 has been a wasted year. Oh, 2020 you know, is, is a year we have to forget in a hurry. Oh, 2020, you know, nobody saw it coming. Oh, 2020 is a waste. Don't join anybody to say any of those things because what you say in that sense is what it's going to be for you. If you, if you know that this year is still your year of open doors, you say that. If you know it's your year to flourish, you say that, right? I mean, recently I was looking at the scriptures that God gave us for this year, and I was seeing so it was just making so much more sense now. And I saw that this was the year that God said it was going to be. It's just that it did not come in the way that we were expecting it to come. It didn't come that way. But regardless of what it is, whether it is after a breakthrough or a breakdown, if you learn to gather up the fragments, nothing will be lost. It's not me who is saying that. Jesus said that. So all you have to do is to learn to gather up the fragments. It could be a breakthrough that you have gone through. This year might have been awesome for you. Don't take it for granted. You still need to apply the principle of thanksgiving to say, to pinpoint things and say, God, I want to thank you for this, that, and the other, for making this happen, for making that happen. And you, you are outlining those things and you gather up the fragments there so that nothing will be lost. That way you are, you are shielding those things. There's, there's a, a particular edge that comes around those things by virtue of the thanksgiving that you have offered. In that way, that's how this thing works. You gather up the fragments so that nothing is lost. And if it looks like the year has been very difficult for you, it's been a breakdown that you have experienced instead of a breakthrough, it's still the same principle. You gather up the fragments. You go to God and say, Father, I want to thank you that even if things did not work out the way that I thought it would work out. And like I said last time, there are things that this year, that have happened this year, that you will not see the results until 2021, until 2022, you start seeing things that will pop up in your life because of some of the things that God has been able to do in your life by the virtue, by virtue of this lockdown of 2020. The things that have come out of my own life in this lockdown, uh, if I was running around and doing my, you know, my life was the normal way that it was, uh, certain things would not have come out. Certain things would not have come out. There are certain things that I was thinking would happen five years from now that have already be, began to unfold, that have already seen the blade, already seen you know, the, the, the beginning of those things in, in this year, 2020. So that's the, the approach that we have to take. You know, we cannot afford to murmur and complain. All right? So never say, what is this among so many? No matter what it is, even if it looks like you know, that, that paycheck cannot do anything and your bills are, are, are twice as much as your, as your paycheck, never say, what is this among so many? so many because what what jesus needs is the five loaves and the, and the two fishes there if you can release that to him in thanksgiving release it to him wrapped up in thanksgiving you will be amazed what will come out of it you will be absolutely amazed what will come out of it all right so that's what i wanted to share with you today i, I hope that has been a blessing to you um I just wanted to thank you for listening and for always listening to all of the podcasts. I would like to hear from you uh, to get your feedback. 
if this has been a blessing to you, make sure you share the podcast with someone uh, and rate it. You know, just you know, you can you can rate the podcast as well and write a review so that other people can can get to benefit from it uh, as well. And and don't forget, uh, Believers House is is coming. Uh, we are working towards that. Believers House is a local church uh, that we are planting here in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, specifically in the Hammonds Plains. Um, area and uh, every Sunday from there we would be having our services online until we, we start having interest meetings and we begin to gather uh, when you know all of the restrictions are better re- re- are better released. So you can follow us on all our social media platforms. Our handle is at Believers House H. Our website is believershouse.church. Uh, for now, that that is going to take you to our ministry website. Uh, in general, where you see lots of other, you know, information about the church and other things that we do and that we're doing as far as the ministry is concerned. So I want to thank you once again. I pray for you that this year will be an amazing year still for you and everything that remains to be completed this year, that every good work that God has started in your life at the beginning of this year, he will bring it to completion in the name of Jesus. And you will not sorrow, you will not, you will not be disappointed, and you will not be put to shame as you, you rely and, and hold on to the word of God, and the word of God will bring abundance and, and, and grace even to walk in the plan and the, and the fullness of the purpose of God for your life, even in this year 2020, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for joining me. Until I see you again next time, God bless you. for listening to Insights for Believers today. For more information or to send us questions, testimony, and feedback, please visit us at www.insightsforbelievers.org. Be blessed today and we'll see you again soon.